Hello. And now a word from our sponsors. This episode of the Evil Ego Hour podcast is sponsored by Ron John Johnson's Mental Self-Defense. My name's Ron John Johnson, and I have a very important message for you. I don't know if you know this or not, but you're currently under attack. We're constantly being assaulted every day by emotions, information, and people that prey on our mind and take full advantage of our vulnerabilities. Not anymore. Ron John Johnson's mental self-defense will teach you the proper techniques to defend your mind against invasion. My program breaks mental self-defense down to three simple maneuvers. Block, block, and block. It's as easy as that. Depression. Block. Love. Block. Shield yourself from ever getting hurt by putting up numerous psychological barriers between you, the world, and everyone you know. I will train you on how to properly suppress those emotions until you're completely numb. I'll make it my life's mission to assure you that you will never be taken advantage of again. Now, if you're listening to this and you find yourself in Maryland, I want you to take a trip down to 111 Buckethead Road, make a left at the Chipotle. Tell them Ron John sent you and you'll get the first two classes for free. Remember, it's time to step up for yourself because only you can. See, normally I do a little do a little thing before the intro. I'm not even going to do it. I'm actually going to get right into it. Let's start the music now, please. Thank you. It's the Evil Ego Hour podcast with Coach Cody Manawi. I'm your host, Knight. Uh, thank you for being back with us for another week. Um, this episode on the podcast, we're talking about grief. We talk in grief. I know. What a great way to start the week. Uh, but we had to. We had to talk about this burden that all of us are carrying because we kind of get into how all of us are kind of experiencing grief Um, and we can't talk about grief without talking about the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman Uh, one thing that we didn't talk about that I wish that we did was uh, as people know Chadwick Boseman had colon cancer this entire time as he was filming these legendary movies and he didn't tell anybody you know, we, did, we didn't really go into why he felt like he had to hide his condition, which I think, I just think he, he felt like he needed to be so strong, which is really interesting. So we talk about that. We, we talk about how we question the validity of our emotions a lot uh, and, and, you know, how wild grief is. You know, there's no getting over grief. You got to move through it. So... We talk about all that and more, and and I would like to get into the discussion right now, actually. Like I said, I'm, I'm cutting to chases here. I'm cutting to the chase. Beats by Makile. You already know what it is. Let's initiate the process. Let's begin the program.
doing it for us and for us only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're doing it. We're doing it for us. It's about us to be about you. That's yeah. what it's about. But you is us. But you is us. That's see, I think that is the point of this entire experience is that you is us. That you is us. <laughs> That's what we should have named the podcast. <laughs> you is us. Our. <laughs> <laughs> What in the whole fuck are we talking about? It's too early for this nonsense. It's actually not that early. It's not. We are very well in the afternoon. Yes. We're almost in the evening. Now, why did the sun come out as soon as we started this? Oh, That's man. what I'm talking about. We're talking about divine timing. The universe decided to grace us mm-hmm. with some beautiful, beautiful sunlight. And 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 what and what is this? Oh. What is this? You asked. Yes. You asking us that again, huh? It's all good. Okay. I'll remind you. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people forget. Sometimes people forget, and that's okay. It's the Hour Podcast with Coach Cody Manabi. I'm your host tonight here. Let's go. Let's get it. I'm feeling a lot Again. better now that we have started recording. Yeah. This morning sucked. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that because we had a whole thing planned out. We had a, we had a. Okay, by planned out, I mean barely planned. Let's just, just say that a very right light now. agreement. We had a light agreement about what we were going to talk about today. It was supposed to be a continuation of the topic of change, which I feel like we can work your feelings about the world and my feelings about life in the world into this subject That's, pretty well. Yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll all tie in. What was the what was the thing that that set you over the edge this morning? Normally normally, let me just say, normally we try to record these so that they're evergreen and that they can just be played at any time, but there's something that just happened mm-hmm. that I feel like we should talk about a little bit that's gonna kinda date the podcast and that's okay. Yeah. So last night found out very late last night, but uh yeah, last night we all got news that Chadwick uh, Bozeman had passed from colon cancer, and that has been uh, like that, what? That has been on my mind since I found out, and it's just really, really just like this one hit harder than Kobe. This one hit harder than Nipsey. Really? Um, yeah, and yeah, I just had to. I had I had to I had to shed some tears on this one. Really? Because it just felt like you know. I mean. When Nipsey passed, I'm not saying he's the first of our heroes to have passed, but you know his his death was untimely. Kobe's death was untimely. We were not expecting Chadwick to go, although he's been dealing with it for so long, and uh, the weight was just like I just had to let it go a little bit. So, but what was it about him specifically? Was it? It was what he symbolized and yeah. and. Just what I knew of him. I mean, of course, I never met him. Uh, I don't. I don't know him personally. Um, I don't. I don't know really what his character is like. But how he presented himself and how he carried himself uh, as a man in himself, and then the roles that he chose to play, and he kind of yeah. the roles that he was always in, they just symbolized hope for us. They symbolized. Yeah. Um, just just greatness and and history and what it means to to be like a great black man. Yeah. 
And, and anytime you heard him speak, like, outside of the roles that he did, I think that's what the thing that did it for me. It was like, anytime you heard him speak, it was, like, exemplary. Like, it mm-hmm. was exactly how, you know, a black man, I feel like, should be should speak and 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 then the way how he carried himself like you said yeah. it was just really and it was also just so strange it's like what yeah like oh i'm sitting in the kitchen and the car was like uh chadwick bozeman died and i'm just like all right you you obviously are thinking of somebody else you read the name wrong you it can't he didn't die like uh, black and, panther yeah. himself did not die it's like he couldn't because of you know the powers and then he's like, and then and then she continues. She's like, no, she, he did. And she shows me. I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? My life. I just started like spiraling. Like, yeah, I, I spiraled really, really bad. I didn't, I didn't go to sleep until like four. Really? Yeah. In the morning thinking about this shit? Yeah. I mean, I was, and I was like, just the anxiety that came or that came as a result of my thoughts about it and I I was I was just spiraling and I was just trying to trying to work to keep myself distracted. This is like a kind of a bad habit. What was that the anxiety was the anxiety um that you can leave at any moment, that vibe? Or- I mean it, it spiraled from the idea that um like the world isn't it doesn't always seem just. It doesn't always seem fair. Mm. Uh, the 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 circumstances of our uh, of our reality as black men, um, we we need people uh, to be beacons of light for us to be. We need these people who play these uh, symbolic roles. And people say like these celebrities aren't important and stuff, but they 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 do hold a very significant place in our lives. Um, maybe you as an adult may not find like oh yeah he's just a normal person, but like to the kids. Um, you know, him being Black Panther meant the world to them. And, and, it, and it, like, you know, we talk about the importance of representation so much. I don't, you know, I don't really need to get into that. But um, he was he was a great representation of what it was to be a man in real life. Yeah. Just how he carried himself, how did he talked. It was, I admired it. And he just, he was very graceful. And and it was just excellence. Mm. It was it was excellence what he showed, That's and very true. for him to pass was was heartbreaking for me. Well, you're talking a lot about representation. I feel like since we didn't know him personally, all we know is the is what he put out artistically, and what the roles that he chose. All about representation. How he chose to have black people represented when it comes to movies and and mm-hmm. TV. I feel like it was extremely important. And the feeling that you have, I also want to talk about because this this has to do with change. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's some drastic change, we we experience a sense of grieving. Yeah. I mean, I think uh when when our experiences or when we know that the rest of our experiences are um are going to be significantly different um mm that it, it can be very unnerving and especially when we didn't have time to prepare for it we didn't know we don't know how to necessarily deal with these new, new circumstances it's very jarring and it's yeah because because it, it's like you know how when is and this is not to this is not to devalue your grief at all but you know when's the last time that you thought about chadwick 
Bozeman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and now he's gone. Right. And so even if you even if you did think of him and even if you were looking forward to whatever his next role was going to be or whatever that next speech he was going to make, even if you wanted to go check that out, like you don't have the option anymore. Mm-hmm. So is it the uncertainty? Is it now the lack of that creates that feeling? Like, I don't... For, for Yeah, for me, it's it's more... I think it's more so... Because um, I, I really feel like he was just getting started. And he's been acting for a, a little a little good amount of time at this point. Um, so it's the loss of potential that gets you? Like, um, what could have happened? Yeah, and, and yeah, it's more about like the continuation of his legacy. I mean, I was very proud of him just for what he did, you know, and and where he stood in in our lives and I knew that he was going to continue doing that. Um and now and it did create I guess a sense of security that I know there's this great man out there doing great work and to find out that he's now passed um now you know it, it does force me to appreciate him more uh I mean of course I I don't want to say I should have done it before right. um, because it's a lot of fucking information out mm-hmm. there that we're all trying to process. We're all living our own lives, but we do have to take a moment to stop and to appreciate him and his life and legacy um, because the the story now um, ends as far as what he's going to do. Right. Um, and well, so now, you know, it's just like, it's a sadness because, you know, damn, this is the end of the story. It's not a okay, we're going to just keep getting more. I'm just going to keep up with what he's doing. I'm going to watch his films. Um, It's like, okay, now this is it. Well, it's interesting because it's not even really it. Because the thing that we are sad about is the fact that his his vessel is gone. Him, him, Mm -hmm. his actual physical presence is gone. But the things that he stood for and his movies and the representation that he put forth all still remains and and the lack of his physical presence is ex- accentuating the things that he represented is yeah. it's causing a spotlight to be put on the things that he was trying to to represent in mm-hmm. the world right. so it's like and i think about this as it relates to just grief in general and loss and the people that that have died you know their ideas when when their physical being is gone, it's like their ideas get this boost and everybody gets like turned, all their attention gets turned on to these ideas that that person was putting forth in the world. Yeah. And it's, it's really weird. It seems like the final kind of disbursement of energy, we all just, their memory pops up in our head and they live again. They continue to live like through us. And it's, yeah. it's strange, that that could happen, and at the same time, it could be this profound sadness. It's very interesting because we're kind of we're talking about grief in this way, and we're talking about grief as it relates to him. But then we've also had, um, since the last time we spoke, we've had Jacob Blake. We had the shooting at the protest for Jacob Blake. Right. You know, we've had these crazy situations happening, and and it's it it is change. It's the same kind of things going on, but that exaggerated feeling of grief that I feel like we're all sharing mm-hmm. is something that I, that I want to talk about because I started learning a little bit about grief when I heard uh, about the Chadwick Boseman thing, but I've always kind of thought about grief 
in this strange way. And there's a mass grieving process going on with America right now because America is definitely changing. There are people grieving the deaths of lost of lost people due to COVID. There's people grieving the loss of what America used to be. And then there's on both just, sides, on both sides which both is a crazy sides. even realization to have is that there are people on the other side. And it sucks that there's even sides because there's only one side. There's only the human race. But I'm saying in a sense where there's other people who are grieving the fact that things are changing to the benefit of people who've been disenfranchised. There's people who are literally grieving that. And I want to talk about grief we can start off as it relates to the loss of loved ones because we're all feeling that when we see these police shootings, when we see any death on our timeline of, of somebody who we admired or maybe not even somebody we admired, maybe somebody we don't even know, we feel this sense of grief. And this sense of grief bleeds its way into our other parts of life. So I want to talk about grief, right? Grief. The definition. Oh, you got the definition? I already have the definition. See, he was mourning, but he's still on point, y'all. Let's go. We have grief as a noun is simply deep sorrow, especially that's caused by someone's death. And we also have the informal use of grief, which is trouble or annoyance. Yeah, that's the the informal way of Mm -hmm. uh, looking at grief, but... You know, I think we know grief as deep sorrow. Yeah. yeah. And so I was learning a little bit about grief. I uh, looked at this YouTube video describing the chemical effects of grief and the more biological uh, effects of grief. And I would like to share them with you because I feel like this would give us a little insight. When you're grieving someone or when you lose somebody, um, every single time that you think of them or every single time that their image is placed in front of you, you are triggered. And this trigger, it sends like a message to your pituitary gland. And I'm going to get real sciencey on your ass real quick. So please, please do. Please just listen up and, and know that um, I am not a doctor. But um, it sends a message to your pituitary gland to produce this thing called ACTH which then sends a response to your adrenal gland to start producing cortisol. And Mm. if you know what cortisol is, it's it's the stress hormone. Yeah, yeah. So So whenever you you get into a state of like fight or flight. It it automatically, when you see somebody, when you see some, it triggers you, it triggers stress and it causes the stress hormone to flood into your body. And unlike with like just sudden um, sudden stress or something that might be all of a sudden that might cause you stress. Grief is a different type of stress because it's continuous. Every time you think of that person, every time you see that person, the the stress floods into your system. And we know the we know the effects of of stress on the system. We can talk a little bit about them, but. Anytime you're triggered with this stress hormone, you start experiencing this grief and you start feeling the sense of anxiety. You start feeling this. And I've had this for for a couple of days now. I was I was talking to you prior to the podcast. I've had this like weird feeling, even though I'm even though I'm getting better, even though life is getting better. I feel this sense of grief. Mm -hmm. I feel this sadness 
And I don't know if it's a it's a sadness of because the, maybe the old me is dying. Maybe it's a good thing, yeah. but I feel like this loss of something. Yeah, and 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 is is important for us to um, point out and recognize that loss isn't always a uh, like a physical thing. It's not always somebody dying, but it can be like a, a psychological or a mental thing um, mm. that we experience that. Um, it feels the same and our body reacts the exact same way. Um, I do think we're all feeling this sense of loss of our old selves. We're, we're feeling the loss of the old world right. as, as we know it. And so, um, it's not a surprise that, you know, you may, you may have been feeling down. I've been feeling down, uh, to the point where I like, I'm like, damn, this may be the on, I, I feel like I'm on the onset of depression. Um, but it's, it's a result of everything going on. And I and I do feel like I'm and, and the weird part about it is is that I'm a like if it's I'm highly functional when I go through these things, is that I can still move on about my day but still feel these ways. Mm-hmm. And people think that like depression is always looks one way, oh you're st- you're stuck in the bed, oh you stop cleaning yourself. Oh, um, you know what I mean? You can still talk Mm -hmm. to people. You can still hang out with people. But there is a thing of being like highly functional within like this sadness, this prolonged sadness um, that we're all feeling. Maybe the sadness just becomes normalized. You start to adapt into, oh, this is just how I feel now. Right, right, right. And and it's important that we try to... uh, we know while we're grieving our old selves and our old life and even like people that we may have lost in this time or that, you know, the way things were, um, that even though you're functioning, you still need to check in with yourself. You still need to do those things that make you happy. It's more and more important for you to do those things now because, you know, a lot of us are highly functional because we've been dealing with, you know, some some people have been dealing with like depression before COVID hit, and now it's just probably just double down on them. Right. And so, like, I mean, for me, it was a little different because life was starting to get better mm-hmm. um, than it was the, the few months prior, right before, uh, right before COVID hit, and then COVID hit, and um, it you know things just the world just got shook up, and then you know now with all the the racial tension and. With the elections coming up, it's just like a lot of it's it's heavy. It's heavy on all of us, and we have to make sure we're doing things that make us happy. This man said, "We are grieving the loss of the old world." That is straight facts. Because I I never even thought about it that way. Like, what did we what did we lose? We lost we lost everything. We lost our way of being. Yeah. So when we are grieving, the when the brain specifically is experiencing grief it starts to um experience these feelings of fear and create feelings of stress and depression and those parts of the brain become overactive while the areas that are in charge of controlling emotion or um you know controlling how we actually feel about certain situations become underactive causing you to start to snap at little things so the very things that that you need to control these emotions that you're feeling or filter out the emotions that you're feeling that part of your brain starts to work less efficiently you know and it's crazy because i felt over these past couple of days that weight on me 
And I was telling you, like, it started to affect my relationships with other people to where I start to pay attention to things that I might not have paid attention to. And those things are making me more angry at people. They're making me, like, question who I really need in my life, how alone I really am. You know, it starts to affect the reasoning portion of my brain. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how to necessarily make my way out of that. I mean, I've been trying to just be with myself, but what do you do when you're the problem? Like, what do you do when your brain... Because she, she, I was watching this video that said, you know, whenever you're grieving, they say that you're heartbroken, but the real expression is, is that your, your brain's broken, your mind's broken. Mm-hmm. You can't cipher the information. All you know is that you feel this deep pain, yeah. and the reasoning doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why I'm feeling this. Yeah. I'm feeling it, and everything just becomes... Overrided. All the parts of your brain that normally control things just have become overrided. Yeah, and I think that like we're we're reaching a point in the in the world, and I think as like like socially, one thing that is becoming more and more important that we recognize is it's not always about what's logical anymore, and and it's it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Uh, but we're all very very uh, sensitive right now. And it's okay. Like, it, it, if we're sensitive, then we're just sensitive and we need to be aware of that so we can have the space um, to heal and, and, mm-hmm. to, and to move past these things and to adjust and reach equilibrium again. When our, when our body gets into this, uh, this stressful state, it's in defense. It's ready to fight or, or to flee or to, you know, stay still and, and not be caught moving. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so... Um, we when we get into this state, our brain is not going to function in order for us to like grow. Like I, I've said many times, I just always come back to it because it really is true. Like we're either in growth or we're in protection, but never both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so right now, a lot of us are in protection mode and we have to protect ourselves. And it's important that we protect ourselves, but it's also important that we recognize that Everybody else is in this state too, or most other people are also in this state of protection, and so it it like on one end we need to we need to respect our emotions, we need to respect what we're feeling, and to ask those around us to um, do what they can to um, to make it easier for us because they love us, but we also have to give that to other people as yeah. well. And so it's a it's a balancing act. It's a, a give and take. And it does cause us to kind of like, you know, cut the loose the loose ends as far as, you know, who's around us. We do have to be around the people who we're closer to because we need them more and they need us more. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to uh, follow through with this balancing act when you're now carrying the additional weight of the world on your shoulders. You know, the weight of your own life was already one thing while you're trying to balance these emotions that you have. You're fucking going back and forth on a tightrope, balancing your emotions and all the things you want to do and all the things you didn't do, you know, balancing back and forth. But now you have the added pressure of COVID. You have the added pressure of these people you admire dying, which was always the case, but now it's even more accentuated because of the other elements. So Mm. what, you're saying is that we have to now not only just turn inward 
but realize that everybody is experiencing the same thing and try to move forward with a sense of like love, I guess, connected energy. I don't know what it is. I'm about to ask you. This is my next question, Mm -hmm. which is how in the fuck do you actually get out of this state of mind? Because I've been trying to try different things. You know, one thing I noticed today, I was I was feeling really weird. These feelings that I've been um, having and the things that I've just expressed to you. Uh, And I realized I got a haircut and when I got back in the house and looked in the mirror, I felt a little better. <laughs> Just getting a haircut. I was like, oh, okay. So it was like a small change that kind of put me in a different state of mind. Just a small change to my appearance. Just maybe a walk. Getting out of the space. Getting out of the literal physical space that you're in. Yeah. And moving to another point. Mm-hmm. Can, it's getting your body active. It's working off. Is you kind of you kind of the exercise kind of works off uh, that stress that you're feeling and and it creates like you know there's a, an actual like high that comes from that and it, it helps your body relax. Right. Um, but it, it seems like you found your ways. To... I don't know. I mean, I'm just noticing certain things because on this podcast, all we do is promote mindfulness and and promote the thinking about our thoughts and why we're having these certain thoughts. So I've been doing that more and more. Um, as time goes on and I've been developing, you know, these little triggers that I notice whenever I start to go into a certain mode. And, and I think also I was listening and reading about habits and how habits are formed. Mm-hmm. All habits have triggers. So whenever you are going into a state of mind, it's bec- before that you already had a cue that triggered you to go into that habit. Yeah, it's like, when I feel this, I will respond this way. Right. And so it's like a planned reaction to exactly. this emotion. Yeah. Changing the cue okay. so that now whenever, you know, like the, I think the example they used in the video, you know, if you have trouble working out, then you just pack your gym bag and uh, the day before. And then when you walk out into the living room, you see your gym bag. It's a cue to okay now I'm going to work out this is this is the habit that I'm going into so now I'm getting better at identifying my cues but I'm also getting better at identifying the things that are going to take me out of certain emotions these small changes can help kind of sm- in a small way alter my mind to just get me out of that pathway out of that route to depression you know i as soon as that cue comes up as soon as i see that person or i think about that stupid shit donald trump said it it cues up those depressive those emotional thoughts and instead of um letting myself go down that road i just cue up something else or i'll do something to immediately break that and put me down another path of thinking so do you feel like because i know with um there's there's at times where i i feel like i'm spiraling and i um i may um know what i'm supposed to do but i don't do it and so and so that happens to me all the time i don't know what the fuck that is i'm sorry (laughs) you just triggered me i was like i sometimes i feel literally frozen like yeah i'm just like fuck and like i've i've even like 
I've had anxiety attacks like more recently because I get caught in that spiral where I'm just like, oh, but what's the use? Or like, you know what yeah. I mean? Or like, oh, that's not going to work. Or, oh, damn, I'm thinking that's not going to work. So that's going to like, that's just going to make sure it doesn't work out. But I know this and I just can't get, I can't move. I can't get out of this. And I'm just like. And they say that about grief too. They say like, you're supposed, when people die, you know, you're supposed to now, okay, since they died, like I'm supposed to think about how much I cherish life, like live life to the fullest because people die but you could also have the response to it like what is this shit for right. if like my favorite people will can just die randomly or and you, you, right so like i'm curious so like when you do when you do um take action when you do the right thing um do you feel as though every time um that the reward that you get from those train reactions um, are satisfactory enough to uh, to re-energize you to to push another day or to uh, keep having hope? Right, right. Do Do um, you feel like those? Do I feel like it's strong enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Not all the time, and maybe that is an indication that I need to find better things or things that are I don't know more important things that things that. Um, Maybe those positive emotional triggers aren't strong enough to take me out of it because I still feel, even with all of the positives, I still feel that feeling yeah, in the background. It's, like, it's still hard. It's still hard. Yeah, it's still very hard to just keep going, to keep pushing. And I don't, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm starting to see that like it is a spiritual thing at that point. Like it, it, it moves beyond. Like, you know, our mental, because we're like, I, I feel like me and you are very mentally strong people and that like, although we, we do experience emotions that we're, we can still function. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's the difference is like, you know, men, your mental is like how you function and if you can still like work and stuff, your emotions is how you feel. And then it's just like, it, I feel like it goes even beyond that because like we feel terrible. We, we can work to a certain extent, but it's still not there. Uh, and it's still harder. And so we have to draw from a space that isn't like logical, a, a space that isn't about right. how we feel. And to uh, at, for the only way I can think about it is to have faith that, you know, in the end, it will get better. And, and you have faith in these ideas and, and trust, like deep inner trust or just trust in the higher power that... um that one way or another, if you keep pushing through, that you will get through it, but that you cannot stop. Right. And um and I and I've been I've been having to lean more on that idea uh now more than uh, very recent times. I mean, I haven't had to like pull from this this yeah. deeper place in a long time because I feel like I was able to maintain more. Not to say that I wasn't spiritual, but I feel like in these times I have to be even more spiritual. I have to be even more in my spirit and more connected to the higher power. I've been praying like damn near every day really? at this point, um, just giving gratitude. Um, to, yeah, when to, you're praying, what are you asking for? I don't. I don't ask anymore. Hmm. Um, when I pray, I, and I learned in a book called. Um, conversations with god that um um and shouts out to, to chris for putting me onto that but i learned from that um i learned from that book that when we pray it we should pray in uh in gratitude instead of uh like in need hmm. um because when we pray in need we're, we're reassuring the fact that we are lacking and um 
when you pray in gratitude, you acknowledge everything that you have. Yes. And you can and it and it creates appreciation and that acknowledgement, appreciation and that and that gratitude for what you have is a better ground to work on because now you know that you have enough mm-hmm. to um can keep to keep going forward and to continue. You have enough and you're expecting more because you have you you're giving forth your appreciation into the universe and therefore the universe will continue to do what it does and continue to fill your cup. But I feel like whenever I, cause I don't really pray often, maybe that is something, you know, I, I try to meditate, but um, as you know, we are professional overthinkers. We are now turning our overthinking into a job so that doesn't stop when you turn the mics off. It continues happening. And so now I'm having a little trouble just being within myself and identifying the feelings as opposed to the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And um, as the great Stacy Parker says, emotions are messengers. So whenever you have an emotion, it's actually telling you something deeper about yourself. Mm-hmm. So these abstract kind of formless feelings that I have that affect me, they definitely affect me, but I don't know necessarily what the root of them are. Mm-hmm. It it puts me in this uh, a deeper state of insert, uncertainty, and I find it hard to now turn within myself and notice exactly where that feeling came from. You know, I'm getting because I've spent so much time detaching from my thoughts and emotions to try to analyze them in this way and, you know, put them back out in a way that's um, understandable to other people. I now am having trouble connecting to those in order to know how I truly feel in order to, you know, change how I feel. Yeah, like <laughs> and, it's, 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 I know exactly what you mean um, by feeling so disconnected from your emotions and um, I'm so glad that you said that because you, you said it perfectly because I do I do have this uncertainty with my emotions. I do have this thing where I'm questioning their uh, validity. I'm questioning, you know, where they come from. I don't yeah. know where they come from. And if I can't figure out in a short period of time, then like oftentimes life will just cause me to move on and it will be unresolved. Mm-hmm. And then if that emotion is strong enough, it will it's stay, gonna it's going to fester, it'll grow. Yeah. And and it can and it can cause more trouble. And so, um, one thing that I, I learned is that that's what therapy is for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the therapy is to is to work, find forty five minutes of your time, mm. um, and and have somebody really pick your brain for you, um, and and help you really, you know sort through um, what these emotions are and. Um, the, you know, we do have each other for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we do have a lot of trust in each other, um, but we're still friends. And so uh, the fact that we're friends, the fact that uh, we do have a, we're a lot personal, um, it does, there is like, whether we believe it or not, there is a wall there mm-hmm. um, that is because we're friends. Like we don't want to make, we don't like, we don't want to uh, feel any shame 
we don't want to be ashamed to our friends and we want our friends to see us in the best light. But I also don't want to put this all on you. Like it's a lot. Yeah, that too. That too. Cause we both know that we're both going through a lot of shit and, um, having a, a trained professional whose whole job it is, is to dump all this Mm -hmm. shit out on. I mean, (laughs) it's like, yeah. And it's, it's like, I mean, you signed up for it. Right. um, (laughs) And they get paid. So, you you know, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, exactly. And so um, having them is really good because they can process these emotions before they get deeply rooted, before they start affecting our personalities and how we view the world. And, and, and thus, it'll, uh, these things will affect how we function. Right. Yeah. I mean, so what would you say are the options because you as you know you know the broke mofos out here the broke boys i myself being one of them don't always have the options for therapy um maybe some people consider this their therapy maybe people go about therapy in different ways but what was your path to even getting into therapy? Um, I mean, I don't even know how we got here, but let's let's talk about it. Like, I mean, how did you get there? Do you my, have my, insurance? Yes, I do have insurance. Uh, so I went on uh, my health insurance um, provider and you know used their website and uh, and navigated towards uh, you know licensed uh, therapists. Mm. Um, and you know everybody has different assurance. So I mean, in my opinion, the easiest way is to to call the helpline and just have them walk you through it. Of whatever your insurance. Of is. whatever your insurance is, just call a number to help them have them like walk you through the process instead of trying to figure it out yourself because it can be very confusing and mm-hmm. frustrating to find a therapist by it yourself. It might discourage you from even doing it in the first place. Yeah. The whole process of it. Yeah, the whole process of trying to find a therapist uh, can be very frustrating. Especially when, you know, you, you're not sure about it. And especially when it's your first time. I mean, the, the second time I went to find a therapist, it was, it was much easier. I was much less intimidated. But right. now after uh, going through that, that process, I know like if I need to find it th- directly through my insurance, I can do that. But I also found a very popular site, um, psychologytoday.com, where they have a find, uh, find a therapist option. Um, where you can put in your assurance and therapists who are um, on that website who have your insurance uh, in your area, you can find them that way. And the good thing is, is that um, most therapists are doing the remote calls now. So um, you could actually find a therapist in any area um, because you can just video call them. Mm, see that? And that's fire. See, that's and that's something that the new world has provided us through all this weirdness you know there was always there was always these options but now they've been accentuated and now we can kind of explore these unconventional ways of of self-help and whatnot so we discussed grief what's what's the final statements on grief and how to deal with it of course so we talked about identifying your cues Mm -hmm. right identifying the things that send you down these wormholes and send you down these mental pathways where it's really hard to bring yourself out of especially emotionally Mm -hmm. you discussed therapy therapy is a is a strong um tool in Figuring out why you feel these things and how to deal with these emotions. What else? What else? What else? I mean, what else I, I, I think the the final thing is to, to me, or for me, I mean, everybody deals with grief different ways. 
Um, but for me, outside of just processing, um, trying to process what I'm feeling and everything that's going on, for me, I think I need to uh, just learn to accept that I'm feeling this way. For me, I, I have a problem and I struggle with uh, accepting the way that I feel, like I, like like how you kind of said, like I feel mm. very detached from my emotions sometimes. Yeah, it's like should I even be feeling this way? Like, right. and, and you feel bad yeah. for feeling, and yeah. so it's 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 hard. I mean, it just and the, I, I do think that's the thing that men like tend Maybe. to struggle with yeah. because like we are taught we're not emotional and that we're not supposed to be mm-hmm. emotional. It's not it's not manlike to be emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course through this podcast we're, we are breaking that, that stereotype, but, uh, it, it's still, but it's still there. It's like deeply, even when you told me, even when you told me how like you were real fucked up about the situation uh, and my, like there was a small teeny, teeny weeny part of my brain that was like, bro, get over it. You a man. Like, like what you sad about? You knew him? Like, it's just, but it's that programming. There was like, we're not supposed to feel this stuff about about you know about the world we're supposed to just handle it yeah we're supposed to be tough and you know there is there is a lot of value in being tough and being able to tough these things out um but you don't want to be numb because then you can't feel Mm -hmm. and that's where all the life is at yeah it's in the feeling uh and and numbing yourself i'm i'm just finding that like there, it's a you have to learn your own personal line between toughness and numbing yourself, and it's mm-hmm. and I, from my experience in my life, I have numbed myself, and that was worse than actually feeling right. uh, like an overwhelming amount of emotions, like being numb, not feeling anything. I there was no inspiration, there was no, um, there was no life. Everything felt gray. Everything felt pointless. And and that made me feel like that was the lowest I've mm. ever felt when I became completely numb. So these these feel and then sharing this with somebody it might uplift them and help them get out of their grief because they might feel these same feelings. And then hearing you talk about it, hearing you be so vulnerable and open, it's like okay, all right. Whew. At least I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm at the very freaking least. You are not alone, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, we got to get the hell out of here, okay? I don't want to keep talking about this. Well, actually, thank you. This actually helped a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, you, you, you helped me. Uh, you, you drawing the analogy of being detached from uh, your emotions, that, that, that brought a lot of clarity for me. Um, I feel like I didn't, I always, I didn't know how to really explain the fact that I just didn't, like I had emotions, but I didn't feel them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a weird, like I feel them in my body, but like in my brain, I'm like, what's that? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, like that's because it it's not supposed to make sense. It's an emotion. Right, right. And we try to use logic on to, our emotions. Right, all the time. Like, no, it's about how we feel. A lot of this shit is about how we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is more important than what makes sense at this point in time. Yeah, you know, and there will come a time where it's like, okay, we need to just think about what makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I do think we we need to appreciate and. To to respect the times where it is more about our emotions mm-hmm. than about what makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I think that makes sense. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Oddly enough. And it feels like it makes sense as well. So uh, on some closing notes, we got some, I know there's a lot going on. If you can, if you can find it within yourself to do these things for us, please 
take a second out of your day to help us out a little bit with these things that Close Code of Manawi is about to spew into your mental landscape here. Hit them real quick. Also, are you grieving? Like, uh, yeah, are are you are you feeling something? What are you relating to? We just we want to hear more from you guys. We we do hear from you a lot, and we appreciate it. We appreciate that. But for those who haven't reached out yet, we want to hear you know some new voices. Uh, we want to see some new DMs. Uh, but also, if this is your first time listening, please follow us on all the social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud at Evil Eagle Hour. Um, make sure you leave a rating uh comments and reviews for us they go a long way and if you do have some extra money if these times aren't hurting you we would deeply appreciate tips we are upgrading our uh operating systems we're upgrading our mics we are moving toward we're preparing to go into our video segment so you could help be a catalyst for that by sending us a tip slash donation um, all the links for that are in the description of this episode. Listen, R.I.P. Everybody, dog. <laughs> we are, we Yo, all have died a little bit, bro. <laughs> and that, I mean, major, major respect to Chadwick Boseman, man. Rest in peace, I, and I, I everyone. Do, I do want to say though, because <laughs> that felt very bleak to say we have all died in some <laughs> type of way. Um, we are also uh, being born again. In the same way, we are, we are becoming new. There's a new side of us that we haven't seen that uh, is starting to develop and starting to grow. Um, and, and don't so, fight it. And don't fight it. Yeah. Exactly. Don't fight Accept it. Accept your emotions. It's okay because you're gonna come out on the other end of this. Whatever it doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And even if it kills you, listen, you're gonna live on. Yeah. You're gonna keep going. You're gonna keep going. Okay. You ready? Have you have you done enough today? Do you feel like you did something? I think I'm I'm feeling a lot better. All right, that's good. We're gonna get the fuck. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.